This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And you guys are with just the two of us today, but we've got a lot on our minds. Jen, how are you? I'm fine, man. I'm okay. I, you know, I'm still re and I re entered life right into the holiday season. You know, it's yeah. just like, it was just like, boom, okay. Yeah. Now we're just like off to the races with whatever the hell this is. And, you know, my parents are in town as of today until after the new year. Um, they're not staying with us, but they stay with my other siblings. And I I don't know about you, but I just the pressure. People are going to be in my home in a couple of days. And I, I've been looking around like, oh, shit. Like, I've just been like sanding and painting corners. Like, I'm just like, I don't want anybody to see how I live, especially like pandemic times. Nobody comes into your house. So it's just amazing that you forget entertaining and how much like prep work it is in terms of just like even like food and, 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 you know, what are you going to serve for drinks and everything? What are you going to serve? But then like just the cleaning and the, 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 um, the sort of styling of your home so that like people yes. don't know. And I know that you should just be like, it's fine. I just live like this, but I can never do that. I always have to like style it up so that somebody, you know, that's not the word for it. What is it when like you have stage it? I'm staging my home. It. I'm staging it. <laughs> <laughs> and like the staging, it, exactly. And it's like a week long process, the staging. So that's, that's one of the things on my mind, but you know, holiday travel. We're just, we're just in this. You have had a whole thing happen to you. I've had a whole thing. 
I came to Philadelphia for 10 days because my boyfriend Paul's students are mounting a production of Jesus Christ Superstar with a popular Philadelphia drag queen named Martha Graham Cracker in the role of Jesus. Incredible. He, which is, I, it starts tomorrow night. It'll be over by the time this airs, but I'm very excited for it. I think it's going to be amazing. But so we decided to come to Philadelphia for 10 days. So uh, Paul didn't have to go back and forth. And we rented a B&B. Airbnb. In, an Airbnb, yes, sorry. In a, in a nice neighborhood on Walnut Street, which I am reliably informed is nice. We get there. Paul drops me off, goes to park the car, and he calls me, and he's like, how is it? And I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. Listeners, I wish I could show you the photographs. I wish I could fo- show you the photographs of the holes in the wall that maybe there were cameras behind. And the closet off its hinges, the curtain that fell down when I tried to open it. And perhaps most inexplicably, um, the fork taped to the wall. That, that was the one (laughs) that was the one that sort of flipped it over for me into something like just into like a chaotic evil. Like I was like, before that, I was like, it's like Bessie. But I was after that, I was like, what the fuck? No, that's like Blair Witch shit. Yes. yes. It's total Blair Witch shit. It scared the shit out of me, this place. But we couldn't get out of it. Airbnb is an evil company. I'm sorry if some of you who listen are hosts of Airbnb. I trust that you're good people. But I've never had a worse customer service experience. They would not let us out of it. We sent them all the photographs. We, we like compared and contrasted the photos in their listing to the way it actually looked like the peeling pain in the bathroom. They wouldn't refund our money. Our hosts went so far as to say any damage had been caused by us. Oh my God. Um, Then on our last morning, because we've decided we're going to leave this place, even though we're going to take a big financial hit for it, on our right. ten nights, day. ten nights is a big deal, especially with all the fees, Airbnb charges, like the the whole thing. Yes, go ahead. Last Too night, much. so the very no, the last morning I meant to say before yeah. we were packing up, we we're getting ready to leave to go check into this very nice hotel, and Paul found a bed bug. Oh, I know. As a I person, know. like nobody could see my face right now, but as a person who like this is my. <laughs> This is my, like, I have a real freak out. Like, I'm always searching. Like, when I go into a hotel, I I pull yes. up the, the cover. Like, I just, I, because you just hear the stories, like, and then you've heard that This American Life where she, like, had them in her ears. Like, oh, there's, God. That, there's that This American Life segment. I don't know if you've ever heard this one. Don't listen to it. But it's about this person who just could not shake bed bugs forever. Like, kept trying, wow. kept trying. And, like, they, like, crawled into her ear. Like, I can't. I, I can't. And okay, so you only saw one, but we only saw one. We haven't, we, we, we appear, appear not to have brought them with us. I'm sorry that happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that happened to you. It was a bummer. I did say to you, I think the universe is telling you to get the fuck out of Philadelphia, a city I love. <laughs> Well, I've had, I've had several, we've had several good days since everything, you know, but I did feel like the universe was telling me to get the fuck out of Philadelphia, a city I also love. Yeah. It's a great, it's an excellent city, a a city that I am, I'm from and that I miss quite a bit. Um, anyway, so what, what else happens to you for the rest of this week? When do you go home? 
Sunday. Sunday. It's it's Thursday today. I'm home Sunday. Today's the first day I woke up and was like, okay, now I'm ready to be back like with all my shit. Yeah. Yeah. That is you know? the thing about traveling. I mean, unless you've really planned it, like you're going to live there for an extended period of time, um, around, around this time, you're like, eh, I, I could go home now. I could be with like my, my extra pair of slippers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Like, yes. Yeah. And I even tried to pack this time like somebody who was trying to make it feel homey when she got there. Like I brought my sweatpants with me that I like to lounge around in right. and stuff like that. But it's not the same. No, it's, it's not just the same. Not, I mean, obviously. But I mean, it's weird because used to be this time of year when we were younger. And I don't know if this was the same case for you. Maybe because you lived in the same city as your mom. It wasn't. I remember just doing these like marathon trips home where by day mm -hmm. three, I was totally in sweatpants, uh, totally infantilized, totally eating everything in my parents' like cabinet, even though I was like 25. Like it didn't matter. Yeah, I was cool. just, it was just like, you are, you are forever 14 in your, in your parents' home somehow. Um, at least before I was married and had a kid, I was, and I probably, if I was alone, I might actually be kind of a, a kid at my parents' house. I wonder what it's like to have teen parents. I mean, teen kids in your house. I don't know. I think it's like having feral animals. Yeah. I wonder what it's like on the other side of that to have finally kicked your kids out of the house. I mean, they naturally evolved to get out of your home, <laughs> but then they come back and like invade you. I mean, I remember my mom just being like, wait, we're out of food already when the three of us would like, <laughs> Yeah, I always feel, I mean, I never go back to Houston. There's no need for me to go back there. My father died when I was in college. My grandparents are gone. I have no tie to that city. But when I have gone back to that city, I'd, be I'd become 13 again. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. And like, also just like, I feel like I dress really poorly. Like, yes. I, it's like, like, yes. well, I just like the worst. Like, I just feel like a slob whenever I would go home. Like. Because there's no reason to get out of whatever like flannel pants you have on. Like, I feel like it's always like yes. a flannel pant, even though I haven't owned a flannel pant in <laughs> 20, 20 years. I feel like that's always what I was wearing, like flannel pants and like just whatever. And like you kind of like stay in these clothes all day, kind of grumpy. It's very, um, I'm going to bring up the family stone again, but it's very the daughter and family stone vibes. They get that perfectly that she comes home and immediately devolves into like this weird like you know sweatpants creature <laughs> so hilarious so hilarious so what else have you been watching oh what else have i been watching so um i watched the sex in the city reboot did you watch all of it i've watched the two episodes there's a new one out today which i have not seen um, i always forget that everybody doesn't stream I stream you know? you? No, no. I mean, like you yeah. can't get. I don't. Streaming is the wrong word. That you oh. can't get every episode right away. They don't. Sometimes they don't drop the whole season. Yes. Yes. That's true. Yes, that's what I meant. I've watched whatever they have. They have put out so far. This is th it's Thursday. So um, there's a new one tonight, and you know, I was like, fine. I I you know I was less offended by the show itself than the discourse around the show. I very much mm -hmm. was like. The discourse around the show was like, you know, this was Shakespeare. And, <laughs> and, 
and and now it's just shit. And I was like, it was never that great. It was always like frivolous and kind of stupid. And you liked it because it showcased New York and it showcased friendship. And like, it showed you a different side of women that we weren't seeing. And if we are going by those marks of success, it's still doing that. Like, her outfits are pretty amazing in this show. Like, still. Mm -hmm. And there's still... There's this really interesting dynamic. I think they leaned into a lot of things that I hadn't expected them to do. Like, I don't think it's, you know, I think it's fine. But they they leaned into, there was one thing that happened very early on in the first episode that I thought was really great, which is Miranda's talking about her gray hair. Do you remember this? And Charlotte's giving her a hard time about her gray hair. And mm -hmm. she says, you know, I just think your gray hair ages you. And Miranda says, no, I think you think it ages you because uh -huh. yeah. we're the same age and it makes you uncomfortable that I look like this and I'm not fighting aging the way you are. She says something like that. And okay. I thought a couple of things that did really well. First off, it was like, I'd never thought of that before. That was a great line that like, mm -hmm. why are we uncomfortable with people with gray hair? That's true. Because when our peers start to go gray, it reminds us that we're there too. But second yeah. off, it's steered into the fact that the actress who plays Charlotte, Kristen Davis, has clearly had a lot of work done, as I believe that that character, an Upper East Side mom, would have had would a lot have. of work done. Yep. So, you know, it kind of like got at both things. Like, you know, you're doing a thing. You're doing one way of aging and I'm doing another, you know, and I, yep. I really I really liked that a lot. And I. I liked some parts of it, like I almost feel ashamed because everybody fucking uniformly slammed this show everybody's so mad at this show and i'm yeah. like it's fine the thing i think um is that I, and i've only watched about the first 15 minutes of the first episode okay um but i thought just based on what i've read and all that like it's very woke you know that they're they make an attempt to make it very woke and i think you know whenever people say to me Oh, Sassy would be so amazing if it existed now. I always think, like, no, because it was very much a product of its moment. Spy Magazine was a product of its moment. Movies often are the same way, and bands, and I think TV shows, too. You know, yeah. like, Sex and the City, the original Sex and the City, just kind of worked in the era that it was for. Yes, I and think that's fair. I, I think that it's just plodding and uncomfortable and n not real. And I, but I'm basing that on 15 minutes. I can't really do that. It just, it feels awkward. Why try to, you know, other than money, which I know is why everything happens, like why do it again? The Brits are so much smarter than us about this. They do like great TV shows that last for three seasons, you know, of six episodes each, and then they're out. No, I hear that. And it's totally something that I respect about the the Friends cast, that they were like, we tied up those storylines. That show should not exist in, in modern times. Mm -hmm. And it's true. There's like, if you go back and watch that, there's a lot of things that just feel wrong, ring wrong. It's, you know, there's a lot of fat phobia in it. There's a lot of homophobia in it. It's It, it existed in its time. Mm -hmm. That said, for me... I was kind of happy to see the characters again. Like, I'm kind of embarrassed yeah. to say it, but I was like, this is, this is a trifle. This is just going to wash over me. I'm, yeah. uh, it's okay. But like, I'm also the person who, when the, did you watch the Brady Bunch? 
Of course. Okay. I was an obsessive Brady Bunch watcher. And <laughs> anytime they came out, like I had every episode memorized. I could tell within the first two minutes of an episode which episode it was going to be. And <laughs> when they did those reunion shows, the the glee I felt like, <laughs> of seeing them remember, come back. Do you remember their variety shows? They used to do variety shows and like sing and dance, the yes. Brady's. And yes. like Marsha wouldn't do it. So there's like another Marsha. Yes, yes, yes. They did have some interchangeable Marshas. Yes, true. <laughs> um, but I, I think that I am a person, I am such a completionist that I even will like the sort of like bonus extras. That even if they're bad, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I'd like to see you again, Miranda. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that's that's how I feel about it. But I do also feel that there has been a real sort of rewriting of history with this show where people are just aghast that it's not smarter now when it was, you know, especially after like season two, it was never smart. It was never a smart show. I mean, there were always smart lines or, you know, moments, but no, it was never meant to be a smart show. You know, so I don't get that, but I have to tell you about this other show that I watched the first episode of. Please do. Please tell me. I'm equally obsessed with this show. Like, I can't stop talking about it. And I'm terrified of this show. It's called Yellow Jackets. Have you heard of it? No. Yellow Jackets. It's, it takes place um, in the present day and also flashes back to 1996 when a team, a girls soccer team, a high school girls soccer team is flying to nationals. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not giving away anything. Okay, and they're playing. They're playing crashes in the middle of the wilderness, like Washington State wilderness, and they're not found for 19 months. And wow. Paul's son described it to us as Lord of the Flies meets Real Housewives. Okay, okay, which is kind of what it's like, but it is just chilling. The scenes they show, like of the girls when they're like preying on each other you know for food and shit it, oh it just, god oh, oh it's like so like a lot wait is it like alive are they like eating each other is it like remember that movie that was based on that plane crash also a soccer team yes mm-hmm. that was also a soccer team um they i believe they eat each other oh god i believe that that was what i was i was meant to believe when they like dragged a body through the snowy forest and then lit it on fire and then they show an eating scene i mean i might draw the line at cannibalism i just i just might i might i might is it like i I am so on the fence about this because i can't i mean i can't stop talking about it i can't stop. oh oh and juliette lewis is in it christina ricci is in it oh it's well cast and they play the adult versions of these women and you get this little glimpse at the end of the of the episode into like a truly shocking moment i won't say anymore but just like it's 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 a really smart really upsetting show um but it was cute because one scene they showed the girl making out with her boyfriend in her bedroom and there were like sassies all over the floor Oh, that's oh, so it's in the past. So it's that's what you said. I'm sorry, I missed it's, that yeah, part. It's, it's it's in the past. It's somewhat some part of it is in the past, and now you're also going to the present. You said that. I'm sorry. Yeah, because these women are adult women now. 
Right. And they've right. made this vow never to discuss, never to talk about it with anybody, never to get a book deal or anything like that. So it's about like an anniversary, like, you know, an anniversary comes up of them either getting lost or getting found. Oh, this sounds and amazing. It's, it's kind of amazing, but I, I don't know that I don't try a lot of cannibalism too. I mean, look, I, the truth is I say that. However, I was really fixated on a live. Like I was really into that story at a certain point. It was like one of those, you know how you just like latch onto something and you need to know everything about it. Like you just like yes. you need to do all the research. And that's really whenever a live came out, I had to do all the research. And I think I even did it in a library. Because I think wow. that it was like before, you know, because I think I'm very intrigued by what would lead you to cannibalism. I mean, this conversation is about to take a really dark and weird turn. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only thing that could lead any right thinking person to cannibalism right. would be having absolutely no other options. Yes. Yes. And even then, is it, would you die or would you be like, no, I'll, I'll eat a, per, a, a human leg. I mean, I guess you'd cook a human leg. That's what you would do. That's what you would do. And maybe the first time you'd like puke it up and maybe the second time it would be a different story. Maybe you'd even developed a taste for it. Ugh. Uh, oh. Wait, wait, wait. Are you a weird, are you a weird meat eater? Like, will you eat weird meats? Like, you know, you go to a restaurant in, in Paris and everyone's eating the head of the pig, you know, like, right. are you, are you one of those people? Are you adventurous in that way? Medium adventurous. I will eat, we were just talking about this. I will eat sweetbreads. Okay. Which is brain, I believe. Is this sweetbreads brain or intestines? I thought sweetbreads were like the thyroid or something. What what am I now now I need to look this up. I feel like I used <laughs> to serve sweetbreads when I was a not that we need to get off on this, but um I I feel like I used to serve them and always hated having to explain what they were. Mm. Um yes, it is organ meat from the thymus gland and the pancreas. Okay. okay. I like sweetbreads. I'll okay. eat that. I, I'll eat liver, but I won't get into the like cap heart type of. All right. Snails. Like, Are you snails an eat. I'll eat snails. No problem. Frog legs. I grew up in Texas, you know, so people would eat frog legs, yeah. but I never did. I never did. I, we went to, we went to Florida a lot when I was growing up and we ate a lot of snapper soup, which is turtle, I think. Really? I, I think I hate a lot of turtle. I think. Well, I you know what? When I was a little girl, I grew up with these like New York Jewish grandparents in mm -hmm. Houston, Texas. Yeah. They had moved down to Houston in like the 50s and they were still very New York-y and that included going to get what they called delicatessen every mm -hmm. Saturday. Mm -hmm. So my grandfather would go to the delicate, the only Jewish delicatessen in Houston and get um, corned beef and pastrami and tongue. And I loved tongue i love tongue i thought it was the most delicious thing and then i found out that tongue was tongue and mm. i could never eat it again i mean my rule is if i'm in a situation i will try to eat anything if i'm in a situation where it's being served to me like if i'm in somebody's home and someone's yeah. like serving tripe or whatever it is i will really try to eat it i wouldn't necessarily order it but I would try to eat. I'm not an adventurous eater in that way, but I am a um, considerate guest. 
And I want right. to always like, you know, I've, I've had people serve me goat before and been like, all right, I'm eating goat, whatever. I'm not particularly psyched about eating rabbit, but if somebody serves it to me, I will eat it. See, I would have a very hard time if somebody wanted to serve me rabbit. I was just thinking about rabbit. Like it's just a little bunny. I know it's a little bunny, but it's like, I don't seek it out. But if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's served, I just feel like it's more important to show, especially like a grandmother, you know, you're in somebody's family's yeah. house, you know, I'll just, I, I just feel like it's rude to not. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, I was raised besides the turtle soup, but somewhat vegan. Like we didn't ever have meat in our house. My parents like threw out a side of beef when they were like, I don't know, when I was like two, which means they were like 18 and they were like, we're just going to become vegetarians. But it wasn't called vegan. Mm. Then it was called the mucusless diet, which is disgusting. Really? Yeah. And everyone was like, because it was like this alternative health thing. And everyone was like, it'll fix your back. If you don't eat dairy or animal products, you'll just be the healthiest person in the world, whatever. Um, and then subsequent children to me sort of really refused to eat that diet. So we we mm -hmm. sort of grew into dairy and then um, chicken and fish. But I never ate red meat growing up. I didn't have a hamburger until I was like 20. Um, and I was like a wow. party. I was like a party trick. People would be like, give Romolini pepperoni. Like I because <laughs> I never. <laughs> That's funny. But That's now funny. I tried it. Yeah, go ahead. What did you eat? No, we, we ate a lot of meat. We ate you a did. lot of meat. It was Do you Texas, still? Texas. I still eat more than I should, but I can also go quite a while without eating meat, without missing it. Just unintentionally. Mm -hmm. if, I was, if I were to wake up tomorrow and say, I am going to be a vegan starting today, then I would miss meat very much. But if I yeah. just sort of ate the way it mostly occurs to me to eat, then I would be okay. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. I do like meat. I can't. You know, I can't see life without meat in it in some way. Like we went to this great steakhouse the other night. Like I just, I would miss being able to do that. Yeah. I mean, the environmental, see, I will tell you that I kind of draw the line. Like rabbit is one thing. I draw the line at beef. I'm not a beef. I don't eat beef. Really? I, I have, I really love cows. And I really uh -huh. feel bad about it. I really love cows. I really love sheep. I really don't like to eat a lamb. Like I really, I mean, mostly we're like birds and fish in this house. Um, unless, like I said, I, it's served to me. And then I will, I'll, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful. Right. Right. Um, but anyway, going back to TV and sex, I've been watching Pen15. Do you ever watch Pen15? I watched the first season. It's so smart so funny and i've heard the it's second so season good. is more poignant than the first season yeah it starts to get really it's in it's in kind of this like second bonus season now i don't really understand it it's not the third season it's like the other half of the second season i guess um that just came out and i'm just finishing that up explain and the premise of that because it's so clever so the premise of it is Pen15, which is really, if you see it written out as penis, is um, <laughs> it's about these two middle school girls and the friendship between two middle school girls. But they're played by adult women. The, the, these two women who are friends play themselves as 
12 and 13 year olds. I think they're in thir- the year of being 13 now. I don't know if it started when they were 13. I'm not sure how long, how much time is spanned, but they're 13 now. And they interact with all the kids in the class are kids, except if they're like making out with them, then they have an adult actor play the 13 year old. And then um, Maya is one of the characters. Her real mom plays her mom. And it's, it's a really, it's a, I think it's set in the nineties and it's a really beautiful show about coming of age, which I'm a real sucker for. Um, And I'm really looking at it though, through a different lens now that I have a tween and they were there. There's a lot of making out in this season. There's a (laughs) lot of 13 year olds making out and I have been a little pearl clutchy with it. Like what? Like, Lying, lying down and making out, like grabbing of a butt. I'm like, what are these children doing? Hilarious. Even though they're adult actors, I've been very much like, what the fuck is this? And also like, is my kid going to start making out at 13? And then I was like, did I start making out at 13? You probably did. Did you start making out? I, I think I like, did. I remember there being a party after sixth grade. No, yeah. maybe middle school at some point. And it was a pool party. And at the end of the pool party, all the boys lined up and all the girls lined up. And it was at the beginning of the summer. And then we all kissed each other goodbye for the summer and made out. Okay. But I don't remember, okay. you know, and then I think there was the odd spin the bottle game. I remember I made out with a boy who, um, whose initials were ALF, which was very handy at the time <laughs> because he called himself Alf. And I, um, I met him, I met him behind the school. I think it was like sixth or seventh, seventh or eighth grade and was very nervous because I had braces and he had braces and I made out with him for like two seconds. But the whole time I was like, our braces are going to get locked because <laughs> somebody had told me that your braces can lock together and then you have to go to the hospital. Hilarious. That was, I think that was my first, my first kiss was with a boy, a boy named Al, but called himself Alf, which is just really hilarious, really horrible. And, 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 and tells you exactly how I was as a kid. Take a quick break for some ads. How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study? People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin. And I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry leading sustainability standards. You know, I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Ah. Okay. So you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. What else? What else is on your mind right now? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, 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 I'm thinking about the holidays, you know, not my favorite time of year, but this year they're going pretty well. You know, I, I don't know, John, what, what else are you thinking about? Well, my thoughts, if, I was, if I was thinking anything, when you asked me that, it all just flew out of my brain. It flew, it flew out of your brain. Um, no, I've been thinking a little bit. Do you consider yourself to be a confident person? Such an interesting question. And one that I should be able to answer simply. In some respects, yes. And in some respects, like not at all. You? I don't think that confidence is fixed. And I think that it comes and goes. We think that it's going to be a fixed state, but actually it comes and goes and you can't count on it. I mean, I, I just don't, I mean, I guess there are some people who walk through the world and I don't, I don't, I'm not like this. So maybe I would say I'm not a confident person, mm -hmm. but I have, I have moments where I'm confident, but the, the, like the last week I can get really shaky and I can really just turn on myself pretty quickly which is what I think erodes my confidence. Mm -hmm. I can really, I will rather turn on myself than turn on other people. And I think that's a, it's a new thing. I used to turn on, I used to every, everything used to be external, right? I used to be like, ah, fuck that bitch. Fuck mm -hmm. this, fuck that. And I think that now I turn on myself more, which lowers my confidence. Right, right. Well, don't do that. I know. Well, I mean, in the new year, we should have a, a situation. We should have a, um, we've been talking about having an episode on self-compassion. And I think that it's a thing we have to have, but I don't know. And it's a thing I've been thinking about a lot because I, 
I don't know that confidence is necessary to succeed or consistent confidence is necessary to sort of, I, I think that we've over-promoted confidence mm -hmm. is my, is my thought. Um, but I think that if you are a sensitive feeling person, I think that it's natural to have, you know, it's not even just like moments. It's like one moment to a next, feel confident about some things, feel like, oh, I don't know if I could do this about other things. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I feel like that's just a, I feel like that's just a really normal part of life. But I was just wondering if you feel sort of uniformly confident or if I'm just a freak. I, <laughs> I just don't know. No, I mean, I think like, I'm confident in my skills as a writer and an editor. Like, I feel pretty yeah. solid about that. Um, I'm confident that I'm a good person, which is not something I've always been confident of. And I think right. I'm a better person now than I used to be. Um, confident with men, not at all. Like, not nothing. But, like, my confidence with men was traditionally, like, you know depended on the day and the person right 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 um no it's hard you know it's hard it's hard it, it does it isn't a fixed thing it's not a fixed thing but i'll tell you like a thing happened to me the other day this is a thing that happens you know when people ask you to take a picture of them mm -hmm. you know when you're just in a situation and the people are like oh could you take our picture I hate, can you take our picture? I, <laughs> it fills me with such anxiety <laughs> because I know that they're going to want a, a result that I am not sure I can deliver. You know? <laughs> like, and it's just like awkward and they're smiling and you don't know them and it's strangers and you have their phone and you're like, oh, okay. And you're like, do you want it? Do you want it wide? Do you want it long? you want me to do close up you take like a couple you're like i just want to give you a, it's like a very odd social exchange <laughs> and and then like you're like every time i hand the phone back it is like probably like my confidence just bottoms out because i'm like oh man i just took such a fucking bad picture of these oh my people. god like, anyway i am filled with anxiety in that social exchange and i feel like a confident person is just like sure i'll take your picture like just real cool and they just <laughs> snap a couple of photos and hand the phone back and go on their way. And I'm the whole time like, oh, those poor people. I wish they had stopped somebody else. Well, it reminds me of two things, your story. It reminds me, number one, of the thing my mother has always said that I have probably said on this podcast before, which is that in my next life, I want to come back as somebody who thinks they're much better than they actually are. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's a yes. big thing. And then... The second thing is um, when John Hamm was on 30 Rock and played her handsome boyfriend and he had no sense of what was really going on in the world because he was so handsome and he had all this confidence like, I made you salmon. And it's like right. raw fish with like gummy fish bears in it or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. He was in the bubble. That's what that he's in the bubble. That's he's what in the bubble. I think that's what they called it. Yes, in the bubble. I'm not in the fucking bubble. <laughs> but also I don't have false confidence. I know I take a bad group shot. I know it. <laughs> and like that, that's part of the social contract because to say no, to be like, no, I'm actually bad at that is a thing that would be kind of assholic. Like, I guess a bad photo is better than no photo at all. Yeah, no, find someone else. Once I was standing on Lafayette Street in front of a children's clothing store. I don't know if it's still there. And these people were on a scavenger hunt. This was, men, this was many years ago. This was the early 2000s. And 
they were like, can you take a picture of us in front of the store? And they were in a big fucking hurry because they were doing a scavenger hunt. And I had never oh, taken, I had never taken a photograph with a phone before. I didn't, I right, didn't right. back when most of us still had smart, I mean, flip phones. And I was taking so long and the guy had to keep coming over and showing <laughs> me what to grab. <laughs> I made them lose the scavenger hunt, I'm sure. Well, the other thing is, like, especially like when you have to ask a waiter to take your picture, when everyone's like, I want the group shot. Let's take a picture in the restaurant. They're always bad pictures. Those pictures are always bad. Like that, always... That's a different thing. That's a different thing than taking your picture in front of the Hollywood sign. Like the the group shot in the restaurant is just always. A, it's, it's always, always bad. bad. Somebody's doing a double chin. Somebody's eyes are closed. <laughs> You know, I had my mom's sister's family. We used to have to go out to big family dinners with my mom's sister's family and my grandparents in Houston. And my uncle used to take pictures at every dinner, like it was somebody's birthday or anniversary or something. There would have to be like special picture time, which I always right, really right. loathed. I mean, the thing is, you do like having them. Like, it is nice to have the, that, like, commemoration of the moment. It is nice. But those group shot, the big group shot is. Never works. <laughs> never works. And the people in the front, the poor people in the front, it's always, <laughs> like, you'd much rather be in the sort of middle with just, like, your head poking in. <laughs> Can we talk yeah. about another phenomenon since we're talking about groups, group shots? Can we talk about sorority, yes. sorority squat? Are you familiar oh, with I the don't... concept of sorority squat? No, no, I no. There are certain women, if you see a group picture of them, they're all kind of like leaning down with their hands on their above their knees, you know? They're like leaning over. Okay. And their okay. and their knees are bent. Okay. And okay. it's called sorority squat because so many because that's how sorority girls pose in their pictures or something but it's a real are they thing. making like gang are they making like gang signs like what in, are they what do they what do they do with their way, hands their hands stay fixed they're like this i'm going to show you romley this isn't going to do anything okay. for anyone else they're like this <laughs> you can't see it <laughs> Listeners, you must know that Kim not only just, I not only put her hands on her knees, but she did the funniest little fake smile, which I appreciated more than anything. Okay. This gets me into a thing that has ha come up twice this week, which Austin is now, has now become a place, Austin in Texas, has now become a place where there are a lot of bachelorette parties. It's like a bachelorette party destination. Really? And because we have a friend who's who moved there temporarily and um, he was he just happened to randomly say, yeah, there's a lot of bachelorette parties here. And I also was listening to an interview with um, if he wasn't uh, Kirsten Dozens's husband would be my boyfriend, Jesse Plemons, who I have like a weird massive crush on. And he lives in Austin or they live in Austin. Mm -hmm. And he was saying there's a lot of bachelorette parties. I guess destination bachelorette parties are. Did you? Okay. What is your experience with bachelorette parties? Very few. I didn't have, when I got married, I didn't have a wedding shower because I thought they were prissy. But we had a bachelorette mm -hmm. dinner at a steakhouse and it was fun. It was fine. You know, it was, it was, um, you know, I was home by 11, I'm sure. And, and so I no penis, no penis cake. 
No penis necklace. I have been part of a bachelorette dinner um, for a friend where there were penis cakes and penis penis cutlery and penis everything. Yeah. It's intense. It's a very intense ritual that I... I, I had a dinner. I had a I had a dinner too. And it was it was nice. It was fun. It was nice to be with all of my girlfriends. It was and, and I we eloped and I still mm-hmm. had a dinner. Like we we eloped with but within the three weeks before we we had we got married, we had a dinner. Um it is a strange ritual though, I find. I find it to be a really bizarre and like a lot of times there's like embarrassing quizzes where like somebody writes down all the que- like, well, if you get married again, will we have a bachelorette party? <laughs> Only if you want to. <laughs> if you would want you to, like, would you like a quiz? Would you like a quiz that's kind of like the newlywed game, except Paul isn't there, but he's given his answers and you have to guess his answers. That kind of actually can be fun. I always thought the newlywed game was good fun. Yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. But yeah, bachelorette parties, there's also a lot of them in Dublin. And it's like, you just kind of see like a parade of women just get, I mean, it's just an excuse, I guess, to just get totally plowed. Yeah. It's just an excuse to get totally plowed and get totally plowed and do things that some people think are fun, like dance in a club or ride one of those, like everybody's riding a booze bicycle. Have you seen these? It's like a, it's like a, it's like a mini truck, but everybody is sitting down in the back and has like bicycle pedals. It's like a bicycle pedal booze mobile. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't exist. It totally exists. <laughs> and like, it totally exists. And you can rent them. Next time you come here, I will we'll get on one if you if you want to. Of course I want to now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, Okay, what about karaoke? While we're just we're wrapping up wrapping up fun things. What no, about okay. karaoke? <laughs> I haven't done karaoke in a while, but I do have a song. When I do What is it. your song? Aqualung. That's a good one. Sitting a on a park bench. Oh, that's a really really good one. That's a really good one. Um I forget what my I forget what we did some queen my husband and I did did karaoke way too drunk once in Paris, and we did we did the most famous Queen song that is escaping me for some we reason are the right champions. now. That's yes, yes, but it's called it's called something else. It's called um, Bohe- it's like a <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, that's, that's exactly right. it. We did that, um, and then I used to do Leather and Lace with my friend Piper, which was not a good karaoke song, but really kind of fun to do. The thing about me is I can truly not sing. I can't sing a note. And I love Same. to sing. Same. I love to Similarly sing. Similarly dancing. Favorite. Similarly dancing. I can't dance and I love to dance. Yep. I'm ambitiously bad at both. <laughs> dancing I'd like to think I'm good at. Like that might be one of those spotty confidence things. Like I think I actually am a really pretty good dancer. I also don't think I've ever discussed on this podcast my belief that I am a natural athlete. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> I'm not an athlete at all. I don't work out, but I believe <laughs> I believe <laughs> I believe based on certain things that I'm a really good athlete. Wait, that I wait, would I be need... a really good athlete. 
Oh my God, I need to understand <laughs> what the certain things are. What like, the certain things are. I don't know, three summers ago, an old boyfriend and I like ran you to tennis court for an hour. <laughs> Were you good at the tennis? Could you hit the ball? I was better than you think. And I, I just, and then one time when I was in high school, I was guarding Debbie Philman in lacrosse. <laughs> oh my God, I'm crying. I was guarding Debbie Philman in lacrosse. And I was not very good at lacrosse. And I was really <laughs> mad at Debbie Thillman that day. So I guarded her really well. Debbie was like, Kim, you should play that way every day. And I was like, see, I'm a natural <laughs> athlete. Like, I'm just I actually, I actually think that that's, pro I honestly, I buy that. I buy that as <laughs> a true you. thing of you. Thank I you. buy that. I think because <laughs> I think you are secretly very competitive. I think you're very strong. And I think that you could totally be an athlete. I mean, the dancing thing, I actually secretly thought I was a good dancer. And my <laughs> sister really sat me down once and was like, after many weddings of going to many weddings together, my sister was like, listen, you're not a good dancer. <laughs> you're, you're really, you're not a good dancer. <laughs> oh my God. And, she, and it was really bad. And she played back like this wedding video of a family members. And she was like, I just want to show you this so you know. And if she's right, I have really long arms and I just kind of flail them around <laughs> like a, what I thought was a rhythm, but is actually in reality not. <laughs> oh my God, what are sisters for? I guess that's what they're for. That's what they're for. Nobody else was going to tell me. Um, that nope. was how I got ambitiously bad because she was like, you're. You think you're good. You're ambitiously bad. <laughs> That's really good. But it's important to have less people. Like, I know I don't have bad breath because I know my friend Andrea Lynette would tell me the instant I had bad breath. It's so important to have those friends. And I'm afraid that I'm not always that friend to people because I don't want to hurt their feelings, you know? But I guess, like, the bad breath thing. I think, did I say this to you? My kid was like, you should never criticize somebody if it's not something they can change in 10 seconds. <laughs> so you should never comment on somebody's like whatever if they can't change it in 10 seconds. And I was like, that's really interesting. So like your shirt's untucked, your tag's out, you have something in your teeth, all things you can change in 10 seconds. Your breath, you could change in 10 seconds. Yep. So I guess I, are you a person that tells people, do you tell a person if they have something in their teeth? It depends on the person very much. Me because too. if it's somebody, if, if it's somebody I've just met, you know, unless it's somebody you just immediately hit it off with. And even then it doesn't seem quite right. It doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right. Once I mean, when, I, know, was, once yeah, when I was very young, I lived in Seattle with my friend, Laura, when I graduated college for nine months. And, um, one day we were hanging out and she had spinach on her teeth. And we got home. She was my roommate. She looked in the mirror. She's like, why didn't you tell me all dinner? I had spinach on my teeth. And I was like, I don't know. I kind of thought it looked good. You could not. <laughs> I said that. And it did. It kind of looked right. I, I mean, the thing is, if it's not, it's true. It's the, the dynamic. Is, and sometimes it does. I think you're right. Sometimes like somebody has a piece of pepper in their tooth, like black pepper in their tooth. And you're like, I see that, but you can't really notice it. I'm not going to, I don't, the person, I don't need to put the person through the paces of trying to get it out. You know what I mean? Yes. Like sometimes you could just let it go. 
But, and I do think that it, it, it requires a, a level of intimacy to tell a person because if not, it's always weighing out the shame. Like, mm-hmm. are they going to be more uncomfortable if yes. I tell them? Yes. Versus my just being like, oh, thanks for telling me about my bad breath. You know, like, thanks for telling me that I drank red wine an hour ago and I look like I have Sharpie along my lip. <laughs> you know, that like red yes. wine lip thing. Yes. Um, but and- yeah. I've had bad experiences like on the subway telling somebody that their tag was sticking out. Like with a stranger, I will never do anything like that again. No. And like there are things like I had a friend who I had brought up before who would always be nitpicking like your hair looks, you should really use a little hair oil. Like, oh, you need you need more mascara. That's the wrong mascara for you. Like those people who think they're being helpful, but actually it just kind of makes you feel bad, especially if you're yes. just going out and like, you can't really like, oh, well that's, I thought this makeup looked good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about whether I'm that way. Nitpicking. I don't think I am. No, it- God, no, you're not at all. No. I think maybe you used to be. Yeah. You used I- to be, but it. Yeah. I'm an extra person than I used to be. Life has humbled me, you know, in a good way. I'm just, I'm a nicer person. I was an asshole when I was younger. Not uniformly, well, you're happier. but much happier. That's for sure. You're much happier. And I think that also when you have like an idea of how your self-presentation should be and you're sort of like, it's so much pressure for you, you can sort of start to project that onto other people. You know, you could start to be like, I think, you know, I think that hair doesn't look good on you. It's that it's what I was just saying about the sex in the city thing. Like Mm -hmm, it's that projection mm -hmm. of, you know, it's the projection. Well, listen, everybody. Happy holidays. We are off next week. Um, We are taking the week off next week. um, So both of us can. I don't know clean my house more i'd watch you watch yellow jackets trembling exactly exactly watch more sex in the city and be like huh all right (laughs) i hope all of you have a really great holiday season and if you hate this time of year i hope it passes quickly for you i hope at least you get some rest and relaxation wherever you are and whomever you're spending time with and i hope the people you're spending time with are not too much of assholes me too. All right. Thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We are your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, rate and review it wherever you're listening to podcasts. It really helps us get the word out. If you want to support the show and have access to um, special bonus features, which actually tomorrow night we are having our uh, Patreon um, holiday party. You can join our Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash everything is fine. We put up bonus episodes there. We have a monthly live event um, and we also do some blogging content exclusive to patrons. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram at EIF podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can email us at everything is fine. The podcast at gmail.com. And you can find Kim on her blog, girls of a certain age.com. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.